0: Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. Today, I want to talk about 10 things that we can do that will help us have better conversations. And listen all the way to the end because I do have a special offer for anyone who is a teacher. All right, let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. I want to talk today about how we can foster better communication. One of my friends emailed me and talked to me about the last two episodes and and pointed out that I've spent a lot of time talking about uh, how, how we're not engrace, embracing and cultivating better conversation. And I'm giving some points, you know, towards the end uh, on how we can do it better. But I really want to dive into this a little bit. I want to talk about two facets of what's going on. And, and we've talked about the first one a little bit, fear and anger. And then I want to talk about what are things that we can do that will foster better conversation and what I'm actually asking for, what I would love to see happen, Um which I'm a little worried, to be honest with you, is going to sound a little narcissistic. But then again, this is a show that I'm, you know, doing because I believe that some of my questions can be used for the greater good. And so I want to embrace that and I want to do that. I want to start out with, why do you think people are so angry in their conversations about these topics? And here, and I've talked about this in the past, but here's something to consider. Anger is a secondary emotion. That means we have another emotion, a primary emotion that happens before we get angry. Often that emotion is fear. And and you're seeing this a lot with these conversations, with any conversations that you're watching over this COVID 19 situation, the lockdown. People are afraid. They're terrified on both ends of it. People who want the lockdown to continue are terrified that if we reopen, they're gonna die, or somebody close to them is going to die. People on the other side of it are terrified if we don't reopen soon, people are going to die from suicides. Uh, businesses are going to be shut down. And and actually, I, I see both sides of this. I really do. I can understand people being afraid that they're gonna get it, that someone they love is going to die. I also understand the people who are like, look, if we don't open up but soon, uh, we're not going to make it as a business. And and you know we have to be careful not to dismiss the person on the other side. That's why this is so important that you don't just look at what it is that they're saying, but you look at what it is they're feeling and experiencing. Good communication will always seek to bridge the gap between facts and feelings. It will constantly seek to understand both how the other person views what happened or is happening, and how the other person feels about what has happened or is happening. And this is really important because we 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 have to seek to be better communicators. And we can do this, I know you can do this. Uh, I've watched hundreds, if not thousands of people do it through counseling, through coming to my conferences and learning this skill. Don't just focus on what it is that they're saying or in you know times of lockdown, what it is that they're typing. But seek to try to understand their emotions. And here's the tricky part of this. This is why I want to talk about anger being a secondary emotion. If all you do is look at their anger, you're going to miss what's actually going on inside of them. You're going to miss the actual thing that is driving what they're saying to you. Often a person who's shouting the loudest is the person who's the most in pain. And so if somebody's shouting at you, my assumption is if they're shouting at you, they're afraid they are uh, in fear. Perhaps they have some other primary emotions, but most of the time if somebody's shouting, it's because they're afraid and they're trying to control both the situation and their fear. And so this is where, and I've talked about this in the past as well, this is where the the kindest possible answer, the kindest possible way to engage them is necessary. And sometimes I admit we have to back away. On my personal webpage this past week, I wrote an article about how not everyone who disagrees with us is our enemy. And I fully believe that. And at the same time, there are people that they're just so afraid. They're so angry. There is no way to engage with them without getting some of their toxicity on me and without getting some of their toxicity in me. So it's best to step back and give them space to calm down. It's best to step back and give them room to be safer. Sometimes, and I've, I've written this more times than I can count, I'll say to people, hey, it doesn't seem like Facebook is a very good way for us to be interacting uh, if you, if they live local. Maybe we could get a cup of coffee and discuss it. If they don't live local, I'll say, if you're ever in town, maybe we can, or I'm in your town, maybe we can get a cup of coffee and discuss it. Just recently, somebody put up a meme that was inaccurate, it just had inaccurate facts. And I've known this guy for I don't know about ten years. He doesn't. He moved out of Michigan, I believe. I think he lives out west now. And I said, so this meme start. Its starting point is inaccurate. And then a bunch of people were like, oh yeah, this is inaccurate. Da, da, da. And he wrote back, and he was like, well, of course it's inaccurate, blah blah blah, because. And I said, yeah, but here's the thing: you're presenting it as truth, and uh, I, I think you have you're, you have confirmation bias. I took a big risk. I don't normally get that involved in a Facebook conversation. And he wrote back, you're right, I stand corrected. And I couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic or if he was being sincere. So I actually said that to him. It's hard for me to tell, are you being sarcastic or are you being sincere? Because just the written word, just the spoken word, it's so hard to to, to judge a person's meaning when we don't have the context of their body language, their tone, facial expressions, etc., so we want to seek out to be this kindest possible response as possible and we have to make space to engage their emotions. This is emotional intelligence, the ability to look at the world from someone else's perspective, to understand how they're managing themselves and how they're managing their world around them. And so we engage the conversation not just looking at what they're saying or typing, but trying to understand their emotions and what's driving those emotions because whatever that is is going to be driving their words. So that's the first part of that. We want to try to to match what the person is experiencing and expressing what they believe that experience means and the emotions that are driving those words because nothing has meaning until we interpret what's going on. As we engage things that are happening, we interpret it and that's how it becomes meaningful in our own lives. And here's the sticky wicket there. We can experience the same thing and interpret it differently. And so if we just talk to what we interpret of our experience, we kind of miss out on a great opportunity to engage in a way that builds connection, builds relationship, and builds intimacy. This is especially important for Uh, couples, you know, married couples that have children. One of the things that constantly uh, I I groan and laugh at at the same time is when someone says, well, I'm just telling you what is best for the kids. Well, of course, but the other person believes that they want what's best for the kids too. It's your interpretation of what that means where your disconnection's coming. And so the first thing that we want to do, and I, I know I'm hammering this, but I really want to make sure that this gets out, is you want to try to understand how the other person is experiencing whatever it is you're talking about and their emotions. And at the same time, you need to be able to do that with yourself. What are you experiencing and how are you interpreting it and how what are your emotions? Right, there are times when I'll read something and I'll be really angry. I'm like, why am I angry about this? And I have to explore that because that allows me to be a better communicator. The second thing that we wanna do is we wanna talk about what I believe or what you believe. One of the things that I I see a lot is people get caught arguing why the other person's wrong. Now, hopefully you've been listening to this show long enough. You know that I believe in trying to understand what the other person's saying first. So you want to stay in that and and you want to stay good mirroring. If you don't know what that is, you, you can look it up. It's in my book. It's also on this webpage. It's on my personal webpage. You can look those things up. Mirroring is, is, a, is a way to do effective, active listening to understand what the other person's saying. But one a lot of times what happens is conversations fall apart because people start arguing about why each other's wrong. Instead of starting from, okay, this is what you're experiencing and how you're feeling about it and what, how you're interpreting it. And this is what I'm experiencing and this is how I'm interpreting it. And this is how what I'm feeling about it. And this is what I believe is the best way to go forward. So I'm going to do something that scares me a little bit. This whole COVID-19 thing, I think we need to ask some hard questions on both sides. We need to ask some questions measuring the cost. What's the cost if we continue lockdown? If you don't live here in Michigan, we've been locked down, I think for about six weeks now. Uh, The governor's trying to extend it for four more weeks The legislator is trying to stop that, I think. I don't really know. I know they're arguing. But we have to be able to engage questions that talk about what happens if we do lift it? What is the evidence? And not just, I hear a lot of people, especially politicians, I hear a lot of people saying, well, my decision is based in science and fact. Awesome. Show me that science and fact then. Right? So you're not a bad communicator if you want people to verify their facts with you. Because one of the realities of the human experience is, we can misinterpret things, we can read something and transpose a few words, we can look at data and interpret it incorrectly, mistakes are part of life, and good friends help each other verify what they're saying. Just the other day I was having a conversation on Facebook about this whole thing, I made a statement, Uh, a friend of mine said, no, actually that isn't correct, Uh, It's, it's two, I I made a statement about 25 people had contracted the disease at a nursing home. And to my knowledge, none of them had died. And one of them said, no, actually two of them have passed away. And so I appreciate his jumping in there and and helping me to verify my facts. And so we need to be able to do that. We need to have, we need to engage in verification of what's being said in a kind way. But we do that after we talk about what it is that we're experiencing, how we've interpreted, what our emotions are, and what we believe, right? So last night at dinner, my daughter and I were having a conversation about one of her college classes, and she was talking about, hey, there's this theory that I don't understand. And so I told her, I said, okay, well, here's one school of thought. Here's another school of thought. And I kind of live in the middle. And we went back and forth. We talked about it. It was fun. It's easy to do that when there isn't a lot of emotion invested in being right, And so here's the thing that I want you to consider as step number three. You need to be more invested in the relationship than you are in being right. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with something that's wrong. But there's a lot of space to to say, okay, so you believe this, dot, 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 dot. And and investing in understanding that person and then saying, okay, well, here's what I believe. And the two of you do not have to leave that conversation agreeing. It isn't a contest to make the whole world believe just one thing. It's a contest to build up relationships, to create intimacy. And so you have to be more invested in embracing the relationship and and seeking out the health of the relationship than you are in being right. This is really important for good communication, especially in a time like this. Because as we start embracing these questions, we start measuring the cost of What happens if we do open up? What happens if we don't open up? And I got to be honest with you, this is the part that scares me because I don't hear people talking about it. Suicide rates are up. Suicide attempt rates are up. Domestic violence is up. Child abuse is up. Sexual assault is up. Alcoholism and drug abuse is up. And we have to talk about what's the cost of either choice, no matter what we're doing. This is just good. We don't even have to just, this isn't just for the COVID-19 situation. This is good reasoning and good communication for anything you're going to do. Uh, Some of our leases are up for some of our different locations at our office this year. And so we, as we engage that, one of the things we're asking is what's the cost of staying where we're at? What's the cost of moving? And it's not just money, right? There's there's a physical cost. uh, There is a time cost because we have a lot of couches and chairs and files, and we're going to have to, you know, move those things to a new location. And so we start to measure the cost. We start to ask questions. We want to be able to solve the problem, but we also want to protect the relationship. We want to be invested in the relationship more than we want to be invested in being right. There are things my wife and I just don't agree on. That's okay. There are things that we start out not agreeing on. And then over time, as we talk it out more, because we're more invested in the relationship than we are in being right, we realize, oh, we actually have a lot of common ground here. Which brings me to my next uh, idea or point: seek out points of agreement. Seek out places where you agree. I feel like so much we we look for where we disagree with a person, in part because I think we're just a kind of we view conversation as debate and a kind of a contrary spirit, maybe. But seek out areas where you agree. Seek out points of common agreement. And so earlier when I said I'm going to do something that scares me a little bit, one of the things that I do, I believe in questions. I believe in questioning. I especially believe in questioning our government. Anytime my government tells me they're doing something that's best for me, I want to question it because that's not really been proven throughout history that government is to be trusted. And so I think we have to ask hard questions about what happens with the the lockdown if we leave it in place? What happens if we lift it? What what is acceptable risk anymore for life? We have to ask that question. Here's what scares me. When I ask that question, somebody who's afraid of the lockdown being lifted wants to jump down my throat. Somebody who's afraid if the lockdown isn't lifted, they're going to lose their business, they're going to lose their home, they're going to be homeless, they want to jump down my throat. If I say, hey, maybe we should question the idea of face mask. Maybe people walking around with a handkerchief over their face isn't really protecting anybody. People who are anti-face mask applaud me. And then people who are pro-face mask want to jump down my throat. If I say, maybe we should wear the face mask. The anti-face mask people want to jump down my throat. The pro-face mask people, suddenly I'm their best friend. And so, because it's so easy for us to just pick the people that we agree with, that's like level one. We want to get to like level five, where we are embracing the idea that, you know what, there are things about the world that you and I disagree on, but but let's look for places that we agree on, including in conversations. And, and you'll see this. I've talked about this almost ad nauseum at this point. Uh, somebody says, hey, maybe the lockdown isn't good. Oh, so you just want people to die? That's not helping conversation. Uh, there's currently one with Jeff, uh, a meme with Jeff Foxworthy running around that somebody shared with me, where it talks about if you believe, and I don't remember what it is, but if you believe something about the virus, you must be a special kind of stupid. Is that really helpful? Is that seeking out points of agreement? I, I, I just can't believe that it is. I cannot believe that that is our best for communication. We have to do better. And so we want to seek out points of agreement and kind of step five that, uh, goes right along with that is, is don't say inflammatory things. Don't post inflammatory things. One, you know, certainly now many conversations happen over Facebook, which is fine. That's people's or social media. That's their right. But don't say inflammatory things just because a person disagrees with you. Doesn't mean they're stupid. My father one time, uh, had a, had a disagreement with, with the pastor of our church when I was a child. And I was old enough. I'm going to guess I was early college, maybe late high school. And I went in and had to talk to the pastor and I brought it up. And he said to me, well, you probably haven't read up on it yet. So you don't know. He told my dad, you're not, that my dad wasn't educated enough to understand it. And I said to him, well, I've actually read your book on it and three others. What books would you prefer me to read? Now, here's the thing. What he did was he tried to shut down the conversation. What I did was I tried to keep the conversation going. I wasn't very emotionally intelligent at the time, so it was probably just dumb luck, but it is what it is. And so I tried to keep the conversation going by saying, okay, here's what I did. What is it that you would like me to read? And and when we post these things on Facebook about like, well, if you don't believe this or if you do believe this, you must be stupid or you're obviously not doing your research. We're being inflammatory. So we want to cut out name calling. Don't call names. Be an adult. Just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean you get to call them names. Be an adult and embrace the conversation. Look for points of agreement and avoid inflammatory posts or words. As we avoid, avoid inflammatory words, one of the things that we have to do is we have to understand, this is kind of the next step, understand the difference between hurtful and harmful. Uh, Larry, Larry Cloud, uh, what is his name? Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud in, in his book, I think Necessary Endings, talks about the difference between hurtful words and harmful words. Sometimes we have to say things that the, person, the other person will find hurtful. I've talked about this in the past. And as we embrace talking about things that are hurtful for them to hear, we have to be able To understand that sometimes some of the things that people have to tell us might be hurtful but hurtful doesn't equal harmful and so just because somebody says something that's hard for you to hear for instance if some you make a some sort of statement and the other person tells you actually that isn't accurate that could be hurtful to you if it is that doesn't mean it's harmful which kind of brings me to point number seven be willing to be wrong be willing to be wrong you have you have to bring some humility to your conversations and it can be hard i had a conversation one time with somebody who just didn't know what they were talking about and i knew that i knew that they didn't know what they were talking about but i just walked away from the conversation and then there's been other times where i was certain i knew that i was right and it turns out i was wrong and i'm willing to bet that that's true of you as well so you have to be willing to be wrong you have to understand that you can believe what you believe, but there might be new data or there might be something that you missed. You could be wrong. All right, point number eight, consider the bigger picture. One of my questions for people all the time is, if in five weeks, five months, or five years, either you're dead and the other person is standing over your grave or they're dead and you're standing over their grave, is this conversation going to be a big deal to you at that moment? If it isn't, help me understand why it's a big deal now. It probably isn't. In our six rules of communication, we call this the does it have to be a problem rule. And it's very important that you accept the fact that there is a bigger picture, even with this COVID-19 virus and the pandemic and the governments fighting with each other. There's a bigger picture for your life than what's going on right now. There's a bigger picture for your life then what's happening? Uh, And as you start to embrace that, you're going to see benefits and blessings in the middle and in the midst of crises. For instance, my oldest daughter, junior year, obviously the last third of it, like so many people, it was canceled. But if that never happens, she doesn't get the opportunity to take an online college class that brings some depth and insight to her pool of knowledge that she's been seeking. That opportunity doesn't come up. And so we have to place our current situation in the bigger picture. And not every argument, not every conversation that you have where you disagree with someone, you have to run all the way out because it's not necessary. It's not it's not part of the bigger picture. And so keep that bigger picture in mind. If someone were to videotape you or to just screenshot what you're typing, would you be proud to have that played? Would you be proud to have those pictures shown? And and some people who are angry, their their immediate response to me is, well, yes, I would, because they needed it. But after you've calmed down, after you've cooled down, would you be proud to have those things come up? And I'm not calling for some sort of universal agreement where everybody thinks the same. What I'm hoping for is that we can develop these skills, these techniques that will help us be better communicators, and then we'll understand that there are things that we agree on with almost everyone. There's probably something we agree on. And with almost everyone, there's probably something that we disagree on. And it's okay. All right. Last thought. Expect your emotions and the other person's emotions to roll. In other words, if you're in a very serious conversation and you're talking about weighty things, things like this crisis, how do we help people uh, who are most at risk? How do we best love our neighbors? How do we help people who are at risk for losing their company, their business, their employment, their home, their, 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 their car. How do we help people across all the spectrum? Th- these are weighty issues. How do we best raise our children? How do we discipline our children? How do we best engage our community? How do we best engage youth sports? One of my favorite hobby horses that I haven't talked about in a, in a bit. Expect your emotions to move. Expect to feel angry at some point in the conversation. Expect to laugh at some point in the conversation. Expect for the other person's emotions to move. Expect for them to feel angry at some point. Expect for them to laugh at some point. Emotions are fluid and they're going to respond to the different ways that we engage the conversation. And, and so as part of this, expecting their emotions to roll, expect their face, facial expressions to change. Expect their body language to change. You know, and when we move to the written word, when we start talking about emo, uh, emotions and uh, the written word, such as social media, really expect your emotions to move the most, and and learn to investigate that. And that brings us all the way back to step number one, right? Try to understand uh, how you're experiencing it, how you're interpreting it, and what your emotions are doing. But most of the time, tone when it's written word, we read our tone into it and we often respond without verifying it. Now, that's a little bit different in person, but even in person, you can mishear things. You can misspeak. So expect your emotions and their emotions to roll and to go different ways. This is really important Uh, for, for parents with adult children. This is common because one of the things that happens is you think you know your child because you raised them. But you might not know your 30 year old because by the time, from the time that they were 18 or 20 or 22 to 30, they've changed, they've grown, they've expanded. And so you have to expect that your emotions are going to roll, that their emotions are going to roll, and that not every emotion is based on an accurate interpretation of what's going on. It's really important that, that, that because what happens is, It's really, so let me back up. It's really important that you you expect this to happen because what happens when something happens that we don't pre-plan for or we don't think about or worse, we walk into a conversation expecting that emotions are going to stay flat. We set ourselves up for failure because dissatisfaction, distress comes from expectations that aren't met or that are actually turned on their head and the opposite happens. So as you go through this, it's okay if you feel things stirring up inside of you that you're not sure what to do. You still have to respond well. You still need to be kind. There is no shortage of kindness in this world. Actually, let me rephrase that. There is something of a shortage of kindness in this world. There's no laws or rules against being kind. Now, kind doesn't mean that you agree with them if you don't. Kind doesn't mean that you're not willing to say to them, "I'm not sure the fact that you're stating doesn't need is actual, that you should verify that fact. I'm not sure it's accurate. But kind does mean you don't attack them. You don't kill the conversation by calling them names, by being sarcastic. Sarcasm, when it's funny, is okay. But when it's used as a weapon, it is deadly. And, and here's just a bonus thing. I know I said last one, but we'll make it an even 10. Constantly be verifying your information. There are so many people that talk like they're an expert on topics that they know nothing about because they read a half an article. And in this day and age, it's so terrifying because I can find probably 50 articles on each side of any topic that you're talking about. So we really want to bring that humility in. Back when I was talking about point number seven, be willing to admit that you could be wrong. That's humility. And we want to seek to verify the facts that are driving our statements. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you find this, this beneficial. Uh, I'm actually going to put these, these 10 points on my webpage, jomartino.com. The article that contains them will go up Thursday after this article went up. Look, just look for those 10 things that we can do. Look for the title, 10 things that we can do to have better conversation. Uh, if you don't want to miss an article, feel free to go to the subscribe button on jomartino.com and just type in your email address and it'll come right to your inbox in the morning and you will be able to read it there. I'm not going to spam you. I'm never going to sell your information. It's uh, literally just for you to read those articles, of which I put up one to two a week at most. It's also a great way to catch any announcements. I do want to make a a, a statement here. If you are a teacher or you know a teacher, I am offering a free session to any teachers who are struggling in this time of transition. Uh, Reach out to me directly, joemartino.com. Click on the Contact Me page, and... Uh, I will uh, I'll, we'll figure it out. I do have limited spacing and limited spots, but I want to offer this to anyone who wants it. Uh, having a, a headspace to talk is really important in dealing with these difficult times. And because it's free, because I'm not gonna charge you for that first session, uh, or that might be the only session, you do not have to be in the state of Michigan. If you're not in the state of Michigan, we can't go very long. But right now, there is, there is some sort of reciprocity until September. So you don't have to even be in the state of Michigan if that's something you're interested in. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. That is the best form of advertising that I can get. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.